Hi, this is Michael Graham. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. With us today is Mark Bauerlein, author in his own right of the book, The Dumbest Generation, How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future. And uh, can I call you Professor Bauerlein? Because it is your role as a professor that I need you today on today's podcast. Uh, You can call me Hair Doctor Professor. (laughs) (laughs) We just got word up here in Boston, where I live, that an education at Boston University one year is going to cost more than $57,000 about a quarter of a million dollars for a four-year degree, assuming you get it in four years from Boston University. Now, nothing against BU and the Terriers and, uh, you know, certainly a fine school, but a quarter of a million dollars, is that really what a college degree is worth in America today? Well, you know, it depends upon what you look for out of college. If you're looking to uh, ensure uh, a good income, right, when you get out, then the, the fact is you can get uh, a strong degree in one of the high, uh, high, high desirability fields for a lot less money than that. And, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out a document that rates different fields, and a lot of those fields that are very high paying are actually require only a couple of years of right. post-high school schooling in order to get a good job and come out making 50 grand. But, you know, when you think about the idea of, of uh, college as a, you know, as, a, as a social good college, as a part of creating citizens who are well-rounded, it's hard to justify that when the price gets as high as a typical family's annual salary. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, and this is why so many kids come out of college at 22 years old with $90,000, dollars $100,000 in debt, and a lot of them just don't realize when they signed up when they were 18 years old what that really would mean when they got out. And we have all kinds of stories of kids with massive student debt who got degrees in in ethnic studies or in sociology, (laughs) and they can't find work, and they're living in their parents' basement, and they're mowing lawns, and they're wondering how the heck they're going to make these payments for the next 10 or 15 years. Well, well, I was very smart, Professor Barillon. I majored in want fries with that, so I was uh, ahead of the class on that. But you write an interesting interesting piece that another thing that happens while these students are in college is that they are not just, uh, they're not just going to encounter political liberalism, they're going to be bathed in political liberalism, that the left has a stranglehold on academia. Well, this is one of the problems with the curriculum in higher education. When you get out of the hard sciences and you move toward the more softer social science and the humanities, you really get an introduction into leftist ideology. It's not really a matter of, you know, a teacher uh, jumping down the throats of a conservative kid who says something about limited government in class. Those things happen, but they're pretty rare. It's more the, 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 the kind of easy forms of liberalism where you find simply all the words assigned on the syllabus tend to come from the left side of the spectrum. You just don't have representation from the other side of the spectrum. That's, that's, that's where the, the, the real bias issue comes into play. And what it amounts to is a, a, a partial education. And, so, and somebody has done some research on this that you uh, reference in your weekly standard piece. Right. Neil Gross, a sociologist, did a study, and the question has often been, why is higher education so 
left wing. Uh, what is the reason? Are, are uh, professors in the committee room saying, we're not going to hire any Republicans, we're not going to hire any conservatives? Uh, is it a matter of conservatives are just too greedy to go into higher education and that noble calling of teaching? You get a lot of explanations floated out there. Neil Bros uh, comes up with this explanation. He simply says that right now, or maybe in the last couple of decades, what has happened is that higher education has simply acquired a reputation for being liberal. And that if you are a conservative or a libertarian and you're 21 years old and you're thinking about a career, you don't really need anyone to come out and say, don't come into academia. You just get a pretty rough idea that this really isn't the place for you. It's sort of they're making a career decision. Do I go to graduate school in English or do I go out on the job market? Do I go to a business school? Do I go somewhere else? And they make a fairly reasonable calculation uh, based upon their, their life chances that says, again, uh, this is just not a congenial environment for the way that I think. And I, I think Gross's explanation that there is just sort of a, a passive discouragement at that threshold at the end of the undergraduate years, I, I think that's a pretty convincing explanation. Well, you know, the theory is that it doesn't matter how you know, liberaled up kids get in college, because once they get out in the real world, they start looking at that paycheck and saying, hey, who ordered FICA? That they're just going to, you know, that the common sense and encounters with reality are going to drive people towards uh, a uh, more center or rightward looking view. But is it safe? Is, do you agree with that? Or do you think that losing academia means losing people for life when it comes to how they make their political and ideological decisions? I think that it, it's a little bit of both. Yes, they lose some of the more left-wing orientations of the college campus, which is kind of an artificial environment where a lot of ideas can survive without standing the test of reality. Uh, but here's the great loss, Michael. You, you, you pass through college. These are the years when you read, when you study ideas and you study history. You're not going to get home when you're 30 years old and you, you, you've, got a, you've got an infant at home and you're tired and you've got to do laundry and go to bed and say, oh, now I'm going to read more of the Federalist Papers. Right. Uh, if you don't do it in college, you probably won't ever get around to it. So this is the place where deeper ideas and readings really hit people. And what, what happens is you end up getting undergraduates doing a lot of reading in John Dewey, in John Maynard Keynes, in a lot of uh, left-wing-oriented arts and literature, they're not getting the right-wing-oriented materials. And so they, they simply uh, find that when they do get more conservative, when they're 30 years old, it's all on the basis of immediate realities. Right. Instead of thinking about things like, why is it that the Founding Fathers had a fairly dark vision of what happens to human beings when they get political power. That's the deeper reflection that makes us wonder why there should be limits on government, instead of just saying, I'm paying too much in taxes, I don't like this. So this, I think, is where we, we get a real civic loss in 
Well, the good news, Professor Bowerline, is that, trust me, the kids aren't reading the canes either. They're just partying, hanging out with their friends, uh, doing bong hits, and uh, waiting for to, to find out whose house they're going to be at over the weekend. That's what they're really doing with their time. It's, it's the four-year party. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's right. And, you know, the, the sad thing is, look, you can go to Boston University and get a fantastic education. You can go to most universities in this country, and if you're selective, if you get teachers who are conscientious, and if you do a lot of homework, you can come out very educated. Unfortunately, you can go to those good schools, and you can find the easy majors, you can find the easy teachers, and pretty much slide by treating college as a part-time job. And the amount of homework the average college student does these days is about 13 or 14 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Again, they're about 12, 12 to 15 hours in class and, and 12 to 14 hours of homework. Again, it's a part-time job for most of them. That's the, that's the average. So, uh, indeed, indeed, we, we, we find just a general lowering of rigor on college campuses to go along with this partiality of, of ideology, and then both of them are, are a toxic mixture. Thanks so much for joining us, Professor Bauerlein. We really appreciate it. This has been the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check out our offer from audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. I'm your host, Michael Graham.